0: The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business.
1: Welcome to The Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, The Money Answer Show has the know how to help you. Now, here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
2: Welcome to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, and my guest today is Kavanaugh Tucker. Everybody calls him Kav Tucker. And we're going to talk about something you probably haven't heard about before, which is called the infinite banking concept. Welcome to the show, Kav.
3: Thank you, Jordan. Glad to be
0: here.
2: Uh, We just want to talk a little bit about Kav. He's a real expert in this area, which has to do with insurance, actually, and uh, life insurance, particularly. And basically, it allows you uh, to use insurance in a way you probably have never heard about before, uh, which is to finance all the things uh, you really want uh, in life. Uh, So let's just talk... Basically a little bit, Kev, starting the whole idea here about uh, life insurance and kind of how people look at life insurance and how you're going to tell them to look at it in kind of a completely different way.
3: Well, sure. We, we've come up with a concept that we call infinite banking. And infinite banking is really about becoming your own bank. It's about, about borrowing money from yourself and paying yourself back versus borrowing money from uh, from other banks and, and wasting money on fees and interest and things like that. See? Jordan, what we found is that the average American is paying about 34 cents on every discretionary dollar towards interest. Wow. So, yeah, so what we try to do with our clients is show them ways to recapture that interest and and continue to earn money on it. Um, one thing to understand here is that in order, in order to, to get a good grasp of this co- concept, you really have to understand that we finance everything we buy. Yeah. You know, whether, whether or not you're whether you're you're borrowing money from a bank or whether you're just paying cash from it, uh, if you're borrowing from a bank, you're paying the interest cost, and if you pay cash, you're actually losing money on the interest that you could have made uh, from the bank. So, in in a nutshell, that's that's the whole. So concept the opportunity that, cost of that money
2: is what you're saying, right? Correct. The opportunity cost of that money. So okay, so let's just start a little bit with uh, life insurance. What what kind of policies does the infinite banking concept work with? Is it term insurance or whole life or all kinds of different? Which well, kind of actually,
3: we're using a whole life insurance policy, and it may make sense to kind of take a step back and explain the different okay. types of life insurance. Sure. Uh, first of all, you've got term insurance, and, and term insurance kind of is what it is. It's it's a certain premium for a certain period of time, and at the end of that period of time, you either have to requalify medically, and even if you do, a lot of times, it's, it's cost prohibitive to even get back into a policy.
2: So it's as it's almost each like year that goes by, you become more of a risk of dying, and therefore the premium is going to be going up. Correct,
3: down. correct. So yeah. it's almost like renting the coverage during that period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, permanent insurance, is, it, it covers you for your entire life. It actually builds equity inside the policy or cash value. And um, so what we found is that a lot of times the equity that's built up inside the policy can be more than the premiums we've actually put into it.
2: At a certain point, they kind of cross over is the way they put it. Correct, correct. The, the premiums are less than the dividends you're getting. Now, is this true with all whole life policies, or are some better than others? Well,
3: some are better than others, but but we're using a certain type here, a certain type of specially designed whole life insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one where we're trying to maximize the cash value accumulation. And, and myself, is, along with a lot of my peers, have have worked with a lot of the carriers to specially design this type of product. And there's really four main features to what we're looking for out, out of this product. Um, okay. With Whole Life, first of all, I know that I've got guaranteed cost and guaranteed cash value accumulation. So if you're developing your own bank, you want that because you want the guarantees.
2: So the guaranteed cost is you know what the premium is going to be uh, per year for the rest of your life because it's set at the age at which you buy it. Is that right? Correct. And the guaranteed uh, return is is there's a certain level of of dividend payments that the insurance company will guarantee, although in many cases they'll actually pay more than that. Is that right?
3: Right. So You're exactly right. There's a floor in there you can actually do better. But, again, when you're creating, with the banking concept, you want fixed returns. You want guarantees. You don't want your money exposed to market rates of, of, or market risks. Mm-hmm. Um, so another another feature here is that, though, is that as we make contributions into our, our infinite banking concept, the assets completely leave the tax system. And what I mean by that is we don't pay any taxes on any of the growth of the assets, and we also don't pay any taxes on the distributions. Whereas if I had a,
2: you're borrowing against it tax free? Is that the idea?
3: Well, you, yeah, exactly right. You're making t- uh, tax free withdrawals, and, and also the, the assets inside the policy grow income, ta- income tax deferred as well.
2: The money you put in is after tax money, though, because you're paying for the premiums with after tax money. Is that That's right?
3: correct?
0: That's correct. Okay.
2: But uh, unlike, you're saying, unlike other, if you've got a regular account or certainly a bank account, that's being taxed every year as regular income, and this is protected from that. Is what you're saying?
3: Exactly right. Exactly right. And then there's two other important points that were, or important reasons why we're using these types of products is um, in a lot of states they will add a tier of creditor protection. I know particularly here in Georgia, where we are, uh, they're 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 fairly protected from lawsuits and from bankruptcy, So it adds an extra tier of protection for your assets. Um, Certain laws are state-specific, though, and we would have to check with, with state laws to see if they added that tier of protection.
2: So if you had an estate planning situation or a divorce or some kind of where you have creditors coming after and you have a lot of assets in cash value insurance. Uh, not
3: not divorce, but I would say if uh, you declared bankruptcy or certain other types of uh, uh, had law, some type of lo- a lawsuit or lawsuit. judgment. We have uh-huh. a lot of physicians that use this product
2: uh-huh.
3: to put, put assets in, into something that are creditor-proof.
2: And, and therefore, if you were a, law, a doctor and got a malpractice lawsuit or something, and you had a lot of cash value built up, uh, and even if you lost the lawsuit, you're saying they still couldn't get at these monies. Absolutely. Depending on state law now. Mhm. Okay. So that's benefit. Okay, you have
3: right. Cash. And then one other point was, that, and this is probably one of the most powerful things about whole life insurance is, as I borrow monies off of my cash value, I continue to earn interest or earn dividends on that borrowed money. Whereas if I had, let's say, fifty thousand dollars in a savings account and I wanted to withdraw that to maybe buy a $40,000 car, I am now only earning interest on, on $10,000.
2: Right.
3: In our infinite banking concept, if we borrow $40,000, we still have the entire $50,000 earning interest.
2: Why is the insurance company paying dividends on money that they don't have?
3: Well, you're not making a withdrawal. You, you're borrowing the money uh, from the policy.
2: I see. So, but, but you still have to pay some interest on that loan, is that right?
3: Right, but you're paying yourself back the interest versus paying banks back the interest now.
2: I see. Now, does this work with all uh, cash value policies, or is it only mutual companies? Or would it work with stock companies offering their...
3: Well, it, it does work. I mean, the, the tax implications are the same with all different types of policies. And, you know, we can set it up with different types of policies. But, again, when you're setting up your own private bank, you want something that is fixed and guaranteed. So you know, you know, you have a finite uh, valuation of your cash values.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, have uh, you done this with a lot of your clients as well? What is what a difference has it made in their lives to have something like this compared to the way they were d- handling their money before?
3: Uh, it's, it's been tremendous. I mean, if you think about, especially if they have the discipline to start these types of programs early on, uh, not having to go through the hassle of dealing with banks and being able to, you know, finance things personally versus and and. and Recapture the the interest cost and and everything that they were paying the banks prior to to what they used to do.
2: hmm hmm So what you're saying is that uh, people by building up money in cash value, in effect, have a a bank they can tap themselves by borrowing against it at relatively low cost. Right. And they also don't have a credit situation. You're not when you're borrowing against the life insurance policy. You don't have to apply for a loan and get turned down or That depends on what your credit score is or something like that. Right, you have complete
3: control over what's being borrowed. Um, I'll give an example here in a few minutes of, of a typical case where we'd be financing a car. Mm -hmm. And you'll see, I'll show you in real numbers what the, what the true impact is. And, and, uh, in our example, over a 40 year, uh, over a 40 year period, you can, you're looking at a difference in net worth of about 2.2 million dollars.
2: Wow. I think after the break, we'll go through that uh, detail, you a know, uh, specific examples as it relates to buying a car. Is this widely known, or is, has this been around a long time, or, or it's not something most people probably have heard about? What, right. what is the, the history the product, of the whole idea?
3: You're exactly right. The products themselves, they've been around for over 100 years now, uh, You know, the, whole, the concept of whole life insurance has. But it wasn't until about 30 years ago when a man by the name of Nelson Nash, uh, Nelson was a real estate developer, and he had a lot of land that he was holding, and as the interest rates rose the real estate market cooled in the late 70s and he was left kind of treading water with a lot of interest interest payments mm-hmm. so nelson nelson began doing some research on other ways to borrow money and what he realized is that he'd already created his own private bank with his whole life insurance policies so as he as he did more research he realized that he could take tax free loans off of the policies and he could pay himself back at at competitive rates and and all the while, when he was borrowing that money, he understood that he was still earning dividends on the money that he borrowed. So that's that's really the most powerful feature of the concept.
2: Is this whole idea of infinite banking concept something the insurance companies like to promote, or they, they don't like to promote this?
3: A- absolutely. Um, they, you know, they, we've got several major carriers that are on board with this, this program, and, and they're all very well-known companies like John Hancock, Guardian, uh, Lincoln. You know, a lot of the big players in the insurance industry have helped us design products that that will accommodate these types of needs.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Before we go to the break pretty soon, uh, people should uh, find out how to contact you if they wanted to uh, find out more about this in detail. We're going to go through some details after the break on exactly how this works, but if they want to reach you, Kev, maybe tell them how they can do that.
3: Absolutely. They can email us at lifebank at comcast.net for more information. Then they can also call us directly here in Atlanta at 404. Two four zero six
2: nine two five. And do you work with people all over the country?
3: If that's correct. We've got offices all over the country.
2: And so this can work in any any state. It's not state uh, dependent in any way.
3: Right. The only thing we'd have to check for for state dependency is is the creditor protection laws in each state.
2: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Now, uh, when, I, I've actually read uh, Nash's book, and he uh-huh. kind of gets into this whole. Uh, idea of, of the internet banking concept. Uh, what he says is ultimately you're becoming your own banker, and and it's, it's most people don't think they want to be their own banker. What, what is right. the advantage of of being your own, becoming your own banker compared to the way most people are normally living their lives today?
3: Well, you know, uh, when you when you when you make the comment of most people probably wouldn't want to become their own banker, the insurance companies have, insurance companies have actually made it very easy to become your own banker. Uh, they They do all the administration on the loans. They give you annual statements on what your loan payments are mm-hmm. they 'll even set up uh, what 's called monthly you know the monthly bank drafts where you can repay the loan to yourself. so the admin on becoming your own banker is is actually quite easily so they they 've made it very very easy and very functional for clients to do
2: so what you 're saying on part of this is that the uh, loan payments that you have to make uh, are going to be paid by the dividends. Once you've reached a certain crossover level,
3: is that right? No, uh, you're actually gonna. You'll see in our example, but it actually takes a certain di- discipline. You're actually gonna pay yourself back what you would have paid a bank. I see. Okay, I that's
2: why you're saying you're being your own banker.
3: Correct. Correct. you You're. And, and again, this this program takes some discipline. But you know, at the time you begin taking loans out, certainly you have the option to not pay the loan because you borrowed it from yourself, but. This program really works well if you have the discipline to go ahead and pay what you would have paid a bank.
2: Part of this whole idea is it is a long-term commitment uh, to doing this. It's not something you just do quickly in and out. It, it does take some time for the cash value to build up. Is that I want to set expectations correctly here?
3: Well, yeah. You know, typically we just as if you're starting any company, there's a capitalization period, and most our our funding periods are between five and seven years. So that's really what, when you're looking to fund. But after that, once you've got your bank funded. You'll see that it will pretty much accumulate and run itself beyond uh, beyond that period, and you don't have to make any additional contributions.
2: Is that right? So, as far as people's expectations, they should assume that they're going to pay premiums into one of these whole life policies for the first five to seven years. That's correct. And then after that, they would not have to make more premium payments. Is that right? No.
3: After after that, their bank is funded and they're ready to begin taking loans for cars or business purposes or college education. You know, whatever the, whatever their personal needs may be.
2: Hmm. Okay. What What are some of the interest rates that are people would expect to be paying on the loans they're going to be taking out on these, uh, you know, life insurance loans? Well, again,
3: the, the life insurance car companies are going to charge you a, a rate that is is below what a lot of times what the market rate on a loan will be. Um, you and that's usually fixed from the beginning. And any they're, they're anywhere from I've seen them as low as four percent and as high as seven percent.
2: I say okay. Very good. All right, well, after the break, we're going to get into more detail and actually go through an example of how this Internet Banking concept works. You're listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. We'll be right back after this.
0: Keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business, this is Voice America Business.
1: You hear business show after business show all geared towards improving a company's bottom line. But what about your bottom line? How come no one ever talks about that? Finally, a show dedicated to the worker. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The Work Wonk. Heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, The Crow Show is aimed specifically at the worker and their environment. From work skills and technology to dealing with bosses and coworkers, The Crow Show will give you insight on how to survive and prosper in today's workplace. The Crow Show with Paul McLaughlin, The work Wonk, heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. both their products and services are invited to become members of the money answers network the public can sign up for membership in the money answers network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources to learn more visit www.moneyanswers.com get ahead with money answers
0: keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business this is voice america business
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman uh, of, of The Money Answer Show. And my uh, guest today is Kavanaugh Tucker. Everybody calls him Kav. Uh, he is the uh, Sales Vice President in the Atlanta office of Highland Capital Brokerage. Uh, he has expertise in executive compensation. Uh, estate planning, retirement, financial products, uh, and particularly uh, we're talking today about uh, insurance and what's called the infinite banking uh, concept. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Kev. Now let's go into a specific example of how this infinite banking concept would work and uh, let's use it kind of uh, having to do with buying a car, uh, particularly contrasting the way people traditionally would buy a car and finance it, and then if they had uh, five to seven years into a uh, whole life insurance policy, you're talking about how they could use that to finance the car. So let's first of all, just do the conventional way they would do it, and then contrast it with the uh, uh, infinite banking concept. Okay? Okay. hmm Well, they don't even pay that today for savings accounts for less than that. <laughs> so what you're saying is the money that you would have put into the car... Is now not earning interest in the savings account at even, you know, even generously five percent is what you're saying, right? Okay.
3: Average interest rate uh, of a uh, simple interest of seven and a half percent over that four year period. I'm looking at a monthly payment of six hundred and four dollars. Okay. Okay. of which is interest. Okay. And so if I do that every year, I'm sorry, every four years for the next 40 years, I've bought 10 cars, and my total cash outlay was $289,000. Okay. And
2: that's interest and principal combined. Correct. Okay. No
3: cash paid. Now, my lost opportunity cost on what I could have made in a savings account on that money because I spent it was $1.4 million. Wow.
0: Astounding. Right.
3: Total cost of $1.7 million over that 40-year period. Now, I did own 10, I do own 10 cars currently. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that I got the use of 10 cars and I own 10 cars over that same, same period.
2: Okay.
3: Now, a lot of people might say, well, what if I just pay cash? Well, it's the same scenario. If I pay $25,000, uh, every four years for 40 years, that's 10 cars and my total outlay is a quarter million dollars or
2: $250,000. On which you could have been earning interest somehow. Correct.
3: And that lost opportunity cost on that is, is around $1.4 million. Okay. So again, my total cost is a, is a total of just over $1.6 million. And Again, I own 10 cars over 40 years.
2: Okay. So that's a traditional way of doing it. That's traditional.
3: Now, if we look at infinite banking, and again, this takes the discipline. If I give up the use of that first car, or at least not a $25,000 car, um, over just the first funding period, at the at the end at the end of the fifth year, I have the ability to now borrow from myself the twenty five thousand dollars.
2: And this is putting in how much into the insurance company? The I
3: same mean, the same cash flow. I see exact same cash flow. Okay, so, so now, now I borrow twenty five thousand dollars, and here's the trick. This is where you have to have the discipline. I am going to continue to pay the six hundred and four dollars, but I'm going to pay it back to myself now.
2: So you're repaying the the insurance loan, correct? Right. Okay, and the right. amount you put in to buy the uh, the insurance premiums in the first place is the same as what you put right. in. Right. I've that.
3: budgeted six hundred and four dollars either way.
2: Okay. okay. But I'm
3: going to continue to pay the six hundred and four dollars out of my monthly budget, mm-hmm. I'm now paying myself back now. All right. right. If we look at that at the end of at the end of the 40 years. I now have five hundred and seventy-three thousand dollars at the at the tax-free money that I can use for my supplemental retirement income. Now that's a different. That's the difference in net worth that I was talking about from the exact same six hundred and four dollar monthly budget. A difference in net worth of two point two million dollars.
2: Because you you would have spent uh, one point six, I guess it was. And it would have earned five hundred and fifty. Is what you said. Right.
3: The one point seven, if I is actually what it was, if I'd used traditional financing, versus you know I've got five seventy three. So it's a little bit over a two point two million dollar difference. Hmm. So my net worth would have been a negative one point seven, and now it's a positive five hundred seventy three thousand. And again, we haven't even talked about the fact that I had a life insurance benefit the entire time, uh-huh. an income tax free benefit for my family. And the cardiologists
2: don't give you that, I guess. Right. <laughs> uh huh. So, um, okay, so in, in this case, uh, you, the, the money that you've had that you've been borrowing to get the cars is still earning interest.
0: Correct.
2: As opposed to if you had, uh, if either you spent it in cash or you borrowed it, right. uh, you're not earning. That's that's really where the real difference is, is the that's, money.
3: That's is the whole premise. I mean, I could, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, couldn't I just do this with a savings account or a CD account? And, again, there's two fundamental problems with, with using the CD or the money market account, first of all, all those earnings are taxable. You know, Uncle, Uncle Sam's going to come in and take his haircut on what you earned, and you're left with a net amount. The other thing is, is I'm not earning money. I'm not earning dividends on the money that I have borrowed. If I have fifty thousand dollars of cash value and I take out forty out of my savings account, again, I can only earn interest on that ten thousand dollars. And with the infinite banking concept, if I have fifty thousand dollars in my in my life insurance policy. I borrow 40 from myself, I still have 50 that's in there earning dividends.
2: Mm-hmm. What level of uh, dividend accumulation rate is this uh, assuming?
3: Uh, on that on that example, I think we're assuming around 6%. The,
2: the guarantees tend to be lower than 6%. Right. You're saying that's the actual experience of uh, high-quality insurance companies these days? Correct. The, the dividend yields tend to be a little bit higher than their guarantees. And what, what are the guarantees, about 3 or 4% these days? No, actually, they're, they're right around four, maybe four and a half. Some companies. Uh huh. So four, but they, because they've had good investment experience and they've got a lot of bonds in their portfolio, they've been. That's you know,
3: exactly right. You'll have you'll have the guaranteed floor, but then they'll actually pay a current rate.
2: So that actually, I- if your uh, rate of return in the dividends was higher than the, the guarantee of four percent, at six or seven percent, that would make a dramatic increase in your net worth over time.
3: That, right? Absolutely, it'd be better than the numbers we're sharing here.
2: Hmm. I see, okay. Um, so, uh, and, and as, as far as liquidity, uh, can you get this, I mean, say you wanted to get a car in, in three years or, or instead of five years or something, you could do this anytime? Absolutely. I mean, if, if if you had the ability to
3: fund it, I mean, we've got clients that fund them in one single year. Um, we've got, um, in fact, a lot of our clients, uh, we work with small business owners that will fund, you know, hundred to $200,000 in any given year, and they'll fund it after maybe two years. And then beyond that, they'll use the the assets in, that are in their private bank to borrow, you know, to buy their fleet vans or to buy computer equipment or you know any, any business expense that they need.
2: It, but the insurance would have to be bought through the uh, business to do that.
3: No, actually, they can they can buy it on themselves. And, and actually, I recommend that they don't have the business be uh, the owners of the policies. Really? I like to keep it outside the business. Yeah.
2: I see. Okay. All right, we're just about to come to our break. Again, I, I, people who want to find out more about this fascinating concept, of the infinite banking concept, uh, let's tell people how they can uh, contact you to find out a little bit more about
3: it. Absolutely, they can they can shoot us an email at uh, lifebank at comcast dot net, uh, or they can call our offices directly here in Atlanta, which is four zero four two four zero six nine two five.
2: Okay, after this next break, we're going to go into more detail about how this infinite banking concept works, not only for financing cars, but all kinds of other things. Uh, This, again, is Jordan Goodman uh, with the Money Answer Show, and my guest uh, this hour is Kavanaugh Tucker. Everybody calls him Kav, who is with Highland Capital Brokerage uh, in Atlanta. We'll be back after this.
0: The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time for The Growth Strategist with Aldana Ambler. On the show, Aldana and some
1: of today's top business professionals will discuss some of today's most pressing business issues that
2: hold you, the business owner, back. Aldana will also give you 21 ways to grow with her list of growth strategies. Grow smart, grow profit and grow your business with Aldana Ambler and the Growth Strategist every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the bottom line in business talk Voice America Business
1: it has been said that to live is to choose, but to choose well, you must know who you are and what you stand for, where you want to go and why you want to get there. On Reap What You Sow with host, Performance Management Specialist and Executive Coach Alana Daly. Achievement and success through expanding yourself and your life is available at the click of a mouse. Reap through redefining your goals. Educate your mind, your body, your conscious, and unconscious. Apply what you learn and plan, and it shall be success over and over again, and wealth result when you Reap regularly. Reap what you sow. With Alana Daily, broadcast each Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Reap what you sow. Learn the rules of the game, then play better than anyone else. both their products and services are invited to become members of the money answers network the public can sign up for membership in the money answers network at no charge in order to be apprised of the latest useful resources to learn more visit www.moneyanswers.com get ahead with money answers
0: keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business this is voice america business
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. Uh, my guest uh, this hour is Cavanaugh uh, Tucker. Everybody calls him Kav Tucker, uh, who's the sales vice president in the Atlanta office of Highland Capital Brokerage. Uh, he has professional expertise in all aspects of uh, financial planning, uh, executive compensation, retirement, estate planning. And today we're talking about a very unique idea a lot of people probably haven't heard about before called the infinite uh, banking concept, where basically you use uh, accumulated dividends in uh, cash value life insurance to fund your own needs instead of having uh, to rely on banks uh, to do the whole thing. Uh, Welcome back to the show, Kev. Thank you very much, Jordan. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other ways uh, that people can use the infinite banking concept to fund their life's needs. We talked in detail about uh, buying a car, uh, but let's talk about uh, supplementing your retirement income, for example. Let's go into how, if you had cash value built up in one of these policies, you could use it to supplement your retirement income.
3: Absolutely. The, the uh, IRS allows us to, to, again, take the tax-free loans off of the policies. What we would do is we'd look at the total lump sum that was in the cash value at retirement or whenever you decided to retire. And we'd basically figure an amount that we could take loans off every year for the rest of your life or even for a certain period. And these are loans against the policies. And, and at this point, we are not paying those loans back. Uh, we use the death benefit to pay the total loan balance back and then your heirs would get the difference between the loan balance or what they'd pay back, and and what's and you know what the total death benefit was.
2: So your heirs would get less money uh, because you'd borrow against the cash value, but meanwhile you had a good lifestyle in retirement.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, and and that's one of the, you know, we've got other tax vehicle vehicles out there that allow us to take a tax free income. For instance, the Roth IRAs, but there's. There's so many things that are prohibitive to us getting into Roth IRAs. They're only set for certain income uh, makers. I, th- I, bl- I don't know what the caps are. I think it's about $115,000 for... I think it's for, about $150,000 for
2: couples. Uh, for couples. Uh, so uh, you've
3: got income limitations, and then you've also got restrictions on when you want to take that money out. You, you have to be 59 and a half before you can start taking Roth distributions. There's also caps on what you can put into it. Um, you know, if I, I've got professional athletes who set these programs up, and they want to decide they want to they decide to retire at age forty, well, we can structure an income stream off of off of their whole life insurance policies uh, to to supplement their other retirement programs.
2: In effect, what you're doing is overfunding.
3: Exactly right, and that's the idea. We're not trying to buy a lot of death benefit here. Um, we're trying to buy as little as possible. Um, there's a we have to meet the definition of an of, um, of an insurance, or the IRS will come in and say that the benefits would be taxable. But all that means is we've tried we've pushed that corridor to the maximum, so we're putting as much cash as we can in the policy to make sure we get the best cash value accumulation
2: if you put in too much is this becomes a modified endowment contract is that what you're saying? that's the correct term yeah it becomes so a Explain uh, that, modified that to people explain how you you know how you might be able to put too much uh-huh. and then tip over and make it taxable which you, you don't want to do explain that a little bit more
3: Well and it's a, it's a very complicated calculation but just keep in mind there has to be a corridor there between the cash value and the and the actual death benefit to meet what the IRS determines or defines it as being a life insurance contract Mm-hmm. And it varies by age, and it varies by amount, and it varies by what we're putting into it. So it's not a set number, but just know that we keep that in mind when we're designing these types of programs.
2: Yeah. So by minimizing the death benefit, you're you're trying to maximize the cash value that you can then borrow against, is what you're
0: correct. saying. Correct, correct.
2: So if you were to take it out, you're saying that you would just spend the money that you would get out borrowing against it, or Absolutely. you would then put that money into an annuity or something that would give you income in itself?
3: No, actually, we wouldn't take. We would put it into an annuity. We'd actually just make withdrawals from the life insurance policy, because, again, if I put it into a, an annuity, I now that's, that is not a tax-free distribution. I have an exclusion ratio in annuities where I would be taxable on, on a portion of that money that came out. Ah. Life insurance is one of the last vehicles out there that allows us completely income tax-free benefits. So in my example before where I had the $573,000, uh, at age 65, then, you know, I'm looking at taking an extra $60,000 a year for the rest of my life, completely income tax free. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if you're in a 40% tax bracket, that's equivalent of making another $100,000 a year for the rest of your life. Yeah. All on that same budget that we had before for financing our
2: cars. Can you take too much out of it, or Can you borrow too much at a certain point and kind of tip it over? And- you can, and,
3: and you want to watch for that because if you take out more money than you've actually put into it, then you can create a taxable event. But we have built, again, when we're designing these specially designed products, we've got riders in there where they will guarantee some type of residual benefit. So it is always still a life insurance contract. Therefore, no 1099s or no taxable income would result from. Uh, taking the distributions out.
2: Okay. So that's a good way to supplement your retirement income. How about using this for business in various ways?
3: We've got a lot of clients, as I said earlier, small business owners that set their their own personal banks up. And, and, and again, I like to have them do this outside of the corporation, and, and there's some other issues that I can talk about later on that. But it's just a cleaner transaction to have the individual themselves own the contracts versus the business. Uh, the business can then turn around and in a sense they are borrowing money from the from the contract owner or a lot of times it 's the owner and the employee is the same thing uh but but the business is then borrowing money off of that employee 's cash value and for you know for whatever they want for buying uh commercial vehicles for buying computer equipment for buying real estate and you know keep in mind that's that 's how this whole concept started was uh from a real estate developer
2: mm I see So you're saying then that uh, typically the business owner is going to be the same person who's got the life insurance, so he's kind of borrowing from himself himself in a certain way.
3: Exactly right. Uh, When
2: when the business borrows, that would be deductible interest, so it would be a deduction for the business, though. Correct.
3: You know, I'm not a CPA, and and I'm not. um, You know, I this is my disclaimer here, just in case Mr. Spitzer's listening. But (laughs) uh, you know, we do have a lot of our CPAs that will allow our clients to take deductions as a business interest. So that's uh-huh. when it really becomes a valuable tool.
2: Okay, and then another use you say uh, that's possible is to fund college. Now, say, say you have a kid going into college or soon going into college. How could you use the infinite banking concept to help fund their college?
3: Well, in the, in the same way that you're using it to finance other finance other vehicles. And, and first of all, there's there's other methods to finance college finance college education. You've got 529 plans. You've got the uh, UGMA accounts and things like that. What the biggest thing that the infinite banking concept does is it gives you complete control over the asset. In other words, it doesn't have to be used just for college funding. Uh, and it also gives you control as to when the child or grandchild would get the assets. You know, you put the money in there, it continues to grow, you teach them the concept, and then once you feel like they have the responsibility to maintain and manage their own personal bank then you set them up and we like to call them branch managers you actually change ownership over to to the child or, or grandchild and they would manage their own bank
2: so the branch manager is actually the child or, or grandchild in this case right, right. Um, so let me make, make, make sure I understand this you have a life insurance policy on you the parent and then when the kid turns 18 or is going to college you sign the policy or part of the policy over to them Correct. Right. It, it, then that the child becomes insured.
3: Well, no, 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 no. The the insured does not change to the entire. It's the same contract. You're just changing
2: ownership. So instead and, of owning it yourself, your child is owning it. Right, and
3: and that's a, a lot of times. This brings up a good point. Let's say again, this is a life insurance contract. So you do have to qualify medically. Yes. Um, so if and, and if your if you don't qualify medically, a lot of times we'll set these up. Um, on our children or our spouse or someone who we do have an insurable interest on. Now, in the example that I was giving for the college education, we would actually, if if you knew that was the intent, instead of setting aside a college education fund, you wanted to set up a private bank, you would have your your child or grandchild be the insured on the contract from the start. Mm -hmm. You would be the owner initially. And then once they reach majority or you felt they were responsible enough to to use the assets then you would just change the ownership over the policy over to that child
2: so would it make sense uh, to buy a whole life insurance policy on a child even a newborn uh, as a way to finance college education uh, using the internet banking concept
3: it'd be one way to do it absolutely as i mentioned earlier there's other types of concepts and they all have their advantages uh, this one, in my opinion, gives you a little bit more control over the assets because they don't have to be used for college expenses. Let's say mm-hmm. you set that up for a newborn child, and they didn't go to college, or they got scholarship money, and they didn't—you didn't need to um, use the money for that type of uh, that type of expense. Well, now once the child has gr- graduated, they've got a fully funded bank that they can use to finance business ventures, real estate, cars, whatever they like.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you, by the way, recommend that uh, this is a good idea that people uh, buy whole life policies on newborns? Uh,
3: you know, I think
2: I think it has its
3: place. Depending, you know, everyone has their own specific example, and, and if you fit the right mold, it, absolutely, absolutely.
2: You can't but, buy premiums cheaper than age zero, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that is the advantage with whole life: is that you are getting something where you're locking in the premium at that particular rate and it can't go up. And if you, the older you get, the more expensive it becomes and
3: Absolutely. the cheaper if, if you,
2: you can you, get as, as, as a newborn, I guess you might say.
3: And, and the ideal time would be actually just a couple years after birth. And, and um, if you look at the, the way that these things can accumulate cash for a, for a young child, it, it really is amazing. And, and that's one of the things that, that I wanted to invite people to do. I know it's, it's difficult to kind of have a grasp of how these numbers work when we're listening over the radio, uh, we have the capability to design specifically a case for anybody based on their parameters. And, and typically what we'll do is we'll look at, you know, what is the amount of money that they eventually want to have in their bank. And we'll basically back into that and we'll show them how the mechanics of the entire policy work and how it would work specifically for their, for their uh, specific case.
2: Okay, we've got a break coming up. Uh, Again, people uh, wanting to find out more about how this Internet Banking concept could work for them. Uh, Tell them how they can uh, find out and contact you, Kev.
3: Absolutely. Our our email address is lifebank at comcast.net, and uh, they can call our offices here in Atlanta at 404-240-6925.
2: When people are starting a program like this, how much should they anticipate... Uh, putting into it as far as yearly premiums, and you said for five to seven years, but how much do they expect uh, to invest before this will actually work for them?
3: I, again, that varies for every person's income amounts, and uh, they're, they're all over the all over the uh, board. I, I would really say there's more of a, a minimum of right around $5,000 because there's other programs that are available for people that are making lower amounts of money. This is something that we really do for You know our middle to upper 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 middle class and and high net worth type clients.
2: So meaning you need to pay five thousand dollars in premiums for five to seven years to 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 really
3: make it work. Correct.
2: Yeah. All right. No, I think that's good for people to know. Okay. We've got another break coming up. Uh, This again is Jordan Goodman, the host of the Money Answer Show. Uh, My guest is Kavanaugh Tucker of Highland Capital Brokerage in Atlanta, and we're talking about the infinite banking concept. And after the break, we'll uh, come back and finish this incredible conversation about something you've probably never heard about before. We'll be back after this.
0: The Bottom Line in Business Talk. Voice America Business.
1: Know how to activate that switch, and so can you. The Winner's Attitude with Jeff and Val G, broadcast each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. The Winner's Attitude, switch me on.
0: The bottom line in business talk. Voice America Business.
1: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
2: Welcome back. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest uh, this hour is Kavanaugh Tucker. Everybody calls him Cav, uh, who is uh, Sales Vice President in the Atlanta Office of Highland Capital Brokerage. Uh, and we're talking about the infinite banking concept which is a way of using uh, cash value life insurance policies to fund all the things you want in life. Welcome back to the show, Kev.
3: Thank you, Jordan. Uh,
2: Before we get back to the infinite banking concept, uh, I know you want to speak a little bit about what's been happening with uh, universal life uh, policies. Maybe just first describe what universal life is and how it's different from whole life insurance and what's been happening over the last few years with that. Sure,
3: sure. Uh, Universal life is, is another type of permanent insurance and it's it's really it's different from whole life in that whole life is completely guaranteed. It has guaranteed given, dividend rates and di- guaranteed uh, uh, cash value amounts, so you, you know what you're going to get when you're getting into it. Uh, universal life has a little bit more flexibility. In other words, you don't have to make that fixed premium. However, the way universal life, put as simply as I can, is as long as there is a cash value in that policy, the policy will stay in force. And here's where the problem lies: is back, you know, in the 80s and 90s, insurance companies were illustrating a higher interest rate than the interest rate market that we're in today. So what's happened is, is the cash values have not been enough, or they're not sustainable enough to keep the policy in force that we bought originally. And people are not aware of that. Um,
2: so, so these are lapsing. People are then. You're saying you have to pay some premiums now or the policy is going to disappear on you
3: Absolutely. and they're not expecting that is what you're saying. Absolutely. And I, I would encourage clients who, who may have bought Universal Life any time in the last 20 years to get in touch with our office. We have ways to get what's called an enforced ledger. And, and what that is, that's a hypothetical projection of someone's life insurance policy that tells us exactly what's going to happen to it. You know, if I continue to pay this amount of premium and we are at this amount of interest rate, What's going to happen to my policy? So we, and, and, and unfortunately, we're finding that some of these policies are illustrated to lapse prior to when the client intended it to, and so it's really not doing anybody any good to keep that policy in force.
2: And the idea was that when they were buying it in the 80s, when interest rates were much higher, they were assuming that interest rates were going to stay, whatever, eight, nine, ten percent, correct, um, and then build up lots of cash value because of that, correct. But in fact, when interest rates fell. Uh, to much lower levels, you get 4% or so on treasuries right. today, then the policies were earning a lot less. And because, in many cases, they weren't paying premiums anymore, the cash value was deteriorating every year. Is that the Right. Idea? A
3: lot of times maybe because it was a flexible premium, they would skip, pre- they would skip premium payments or the policy would become underfunded. You know, but, but one thing I want to point out there, Jordan, is fortunately we're in a period where cost of insurance charges have continued to go down. Uh, when they just did the recent census numbers back in 2000, they found that people are living longer now. Uh, mm-hmm. the mortality tables have, have spread out. The bottom line is that life insurance is cheaper now than it ever has been. So a lot of times we're able to rescue these old universal life policies. And uh, you know even if they're not in jeopardy, I, I was looking at one earlier today for a 79-year-old client that had about $200,000 of cash value in there and he only had about $260,000 of death benefit. Mm-hmm. Well, I was able to take that cash value and buy him $420,000 of death benefit just because you know we were taking advantage of newer costs and newer contracts. And the way the insurance contracts work is they don't come out with, uh, or, you know, just because the, CO, the costs inside the contracts have gone down, they don't automatically reduce the charges on, on all the old policies. It's like a bank loan that you may have gotten back in the 80s or 90s just because interest rates have gone down they don't automatically reduce your rate.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, in a sense, you have to refinance your life insurance policy to take advantage of these new costs.
2: Well, wow. this uh, insurance rates have come down both for term and whole life and cash value kind of policy. Absolutely.
3: Right? Absolutely. And that's because
2: life life expectancy has gotten longer? Is that the basic reason?
3: Well, with, with medicine being and the medical practice being what it is, yes. The life expectancy tables have, have increased.
2: And also more competition between insurance companies? Is that part of it? More
3: competition between insurance companies, and then also the products have changed. Uh, when I talked about universal life earlier, I talked about how that you know it was flexible. Universal life has changed a lot also um, in that there are now secondary guarantees. Where before, in the 80s or 90s, I was assuming that I had to make a certain interest rate. And if I paid X premium, and earned Y interest rate, then eventually I would have Z debt benefit. Well, they've gotten rid of all of that, and now you have underlying guarantees, and it's, it's black and white. I pay X and I get Y. And, so
2: yep.
3: it, and they're guaranteed out to age 120 now. <laughs>
2: see.
3: Right.
2: Uh, speaking of ages, uh, what age uh, is it typically appropriate for people to start uh, doing this infinite banking concept with cash value policies?
3: Well, I mean, I can do a, 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 an infinite banking concept for someone all the way up to age the age of 80, but but quite frankly, uh, when I sit down with clients, most of them that are beyond age 60 really don't, they're beyond that accumulation phase in their life. They're not worried about accumulating more money. They've really done a good job of that already, and, and they're really more worried about how do I distribute this wealth down to my successor generation. So, In um, those types of plans, again, I'm doing a lot of the policy reviews or looking at existing cash values of policies. And trying to leverage those up to larger death benefits, and a lot of times we want to double check the ownership structure on those policies. Make sure that you know with the older ages now, I don't want I don't want the insured to be the owner of the contract. Um, depending on their net worth, I may be setting up some type of irrevocable life insurance trust or some other entity outside of the estate to ensure that those benefits are going to pass down to the children, income and estate tax free. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Okay, in the time we have left, I'd like to just briefly kind of go through the step-by-step process. Say I came to you and said, okay, I want to do an infinite banking concept. I want to not be paying interest to in the banks. I want my money earning uh, interest on, on dividends all the time. Sure. Let's just briefly go through step-by-step. What would be the first step you would take? And then let's go through maybe as, as far as the car example, for example. But let's start with the first step if I said I want to go ahead with this.
3: Absolutely. You would, you know, Jordan, would you come to me and say, I want X amount of dollars to be in my in my personal bank um, after my capitalization period. Um, If they get that information to me, then I can begin designing a case for them. And then also I need to know their date of birth, and I'm going to want to know their state of residence. But in that example, I'm going to put together a full ledger, exactly what we talked about, and it can be completely flexible to whatever their needs are. Uh, Some clients, in in the example that I gave earlier where we paid the car back or we bought a new car every four years, I've got some clients that want to buy every three years or buy every five years. So we can design it back completely flexible. Everything is going to be known up front. In other words, I'm going to know what what I'm going to be funding during my capitalization period, and I'm also going to know what I'm going to be and, and, and under what parameters I'm going to be paying my interest back as I pay myself back.
2: Okay. So you come up with that, a target number in the first place. Right. And then you kind of work it back and say, okay, you need to buy, I'm making up another you know, million dollars worth of insurance or something. Is that the right would work? You, you, the, that creates a number of how, how much in death benefit you need to buy.
3: Right. And, and it's not going to be a flat number. Remember, we're trying to get that death benefit number as low as possible because we want to we accumulate as much cash value as possible. Um, and that brings up another point. You know, once we've decided to do this and we do want to implement the program, we, we do have to remember that this is a life insurance contract. So I do have to qualify medically. What would happen is we would take an, an insurance application with one of our carriers or whichever one our client decided on, and at that point we would send a paramed examiner or a portamed examiner out to see them and they'll, you know, take the blood sample, take a urine sample. Yeah. Uh at the same time I'm gonna be ordering medical records from their doctor. Uh, As long as you're in good health,
2: you'll be able to get this. Correct. Correct.
3: And so that that whole underwriting process usually takes about six to eight weeks. Uh, From there, I'll get an approved policy, and we'll begin funding.
2: And then you'd make the the premium payments typically once a year, right? Correct. And and then you're saying after five to seven years, uh, you could see how much cash value you've built up, and then conceivably you could start borrowing at that point.
3: Right. All right, and you, you've actually got more, uh, more flexibility than, than that. I mean, we encourage a lot of our clients to make that that first premium an annual annual contribution, uh, but we've got some clients that do them semi-annually, they do them quarterly, or they do them even monthly.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so but and and then okay, so now say we're five years into the policy, we, mm-hmm. we've built up as you call it the capitalization period. Right. Um, now we want to buy our first car. We can borrow against that cash value tax-free Correct. and buy the car, and the money that's in the account is still earning interest, right. and earning dividends, even though we've, we've got our car.
3: Right. Let's say I'm five years down the road and I now have uh, $40,000 of cash value inside my policy. Uh, the client would, would call us or call the insurance carrier directly and say, you know what, I want to take a, a $30,000 loan against my policy. Yeah, and it's a very simple turnaround. A check's cut, you know, within a week, and they, they have the, the cash to go make whatever purchase they want for car, boat, uh, whatever whatever it may be.
2: Right. But we're again, about to run out that's of That's a crucial
3: yeah. point there. We're, we're uh, actually no about know, to run out of time. Pay that. Sorry,
2: yeah. we're just about to run out of time. Give them the way to contact you uh, to find out more about the infinite banking concept.
3: Absolutely, they can reach me at LifeBank at
2: Comcast uh,
3: or they can call my office here at four zero four. Two four zero six nine two five.
2: Thanks so much. This has really been fascinating. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. Uh, my guest has been Kavanaugh Tucker, uh, describing probably something you've never heard about before, the infinite banking concept, and how instead of paying interest to banks, you can, in fact, create your own bank and fund whatever you want, whether it be your retirement, your cars, your college, and take care of yourself for, for uh, the future. Thanks again, and we'll be back with you next week.